Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode six of This Show is All About You for February 15th, 2021. I am your host, JDK Whittakin. Uh Welcome back. Uh, if you're in the Seattle area, I hope you're digging out from the snow effectively or pretty much all the country right now. I hope you're doing all right. And uh, thanks for uh, joining us again. This month of February, of course, I've uh, decided to talk for every show on some facet of love. And last week we talked about romantic love with Valentine's Day being yesterday. And so today we're talking about friendship. And and this is the one of all the ones that I was going to talk about. This is the one that feels the, on some ways, the easiest to engage in, but perhaps the most difficult to explain. And because friendship is so unique from person to person. And yet we have all these commonalities that we always talk about with friendship probably one of our favorite topics in, in books and movies and things like that. So I decided to mix it up a little bit today and figured if I was going to talk about friendship and its connection to love, why not bring on a friend to sit with me and talk about it? And so uh, there happens to be one who sits in this room with me every week, uh, my producer, uh, but also first and foremost, my friend Stacy Heller. So Stacy is joining us for this episode today. How are you doing, Stacy? I am doing well, and I am so excited that the microphone is on and I get to talk. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good. Good, because we always have plenty to talk about. And uh, this show's title, just for you to kind of play around with, I've entitled today's episode, saying, quote unquote, just friends is like saying, quote unquote, just oxygen. I love that. Oh, yeah. It's kind of important. And the, and the haiku for today that I think we can play around with uh, goes like this. You, my companion, help me see the truth of all that I need to love. You, my companion, help me see the truth of all that I need to love. That's the fun part about, I think, with friendship is, is a lot of ways I think it's, it's the lifeblood of connection, which is, of course, at the, you know, at the heart of love, the connection that we all look for in people. And, you know, I was thinking about this on the way over here, and you know, we have all different types of love in our lives. We have love of family. You, of course, have a very big family. <laughs> Lots of love in your house. And then, of course, there's the romantic love mm-hmm. piece, which is which is uh, wonderful and also a minefield, uh, depending on who you are and what's going on. I'm, now I have Pat Benatar in my head. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. See, here we go. And and then, of course, we have community. and, and uh, But friendship, it seems like, is for me, is the one thing that... Um, is probably the area of love where I can feel like I can be most myself, most naturally, and find it in so many different forms and experience it in so many different forms because each friendship I have is unique. Um, so it is sort of, to me, it's sort of the, the most, it's the most profound oftentimes of uh, mm-hmm. love that we have. So what comes up with you when I talk about friendship and love? What comes up for you in all of that? Well, besides a whole bunch of songs that are in my head, like friendship, Friendship. Um, I, one, I also, well, there's so many things. I think of the SNL skit where they're talking about friends, and I think um, Nicki Minaj maybe was on the episode that time. And it was like, I think about friends, you know, girlfriends in particular, where it's like, if you love the person, then they're like, I love them. And if you hate the person, you're like, I hate them. I will cut them. <laughs> and, you know, like, and that's a great form of friendship, but I would almost argue that that's not like 
really what you're talking about here. Mm. Like the friend is the one, you know, as your companion, as you say in your haiku, that will tell you that you need to love yourself, that will tell you the thing that's hard to hear Mm -hmm. and says it without judgment and in total Mm -hmm. support. So, I mean, you know, it's fun to have those friends that, you know, it's the whole it's the reason season lifetime, right? Oh, yeah. Right. Explain that. So the reason season lifetime thing is, you know, um, you may have a friend for a reason. You know, you're in the same sorority or fraternity or, you know, you've done something together or you may have friends for a season, a season of your life. It's like while you were in school or um, while you worked at insert name of company here, you were friends and, you know, whatever it is. And then there's the people that you're friends with for a lifetime. And there's this thing that occasionally goes around the Internet where it talks about this. And it says people come into your life for a reason, a season or a lifetime. Um, when you know which it is, you will know what to do for that person mm. and and also what that person may do for you. Right. I, I, that's a, I like that framework. I have another one where I think of like a vision, like an archery target, you know, mm-hmm. that has a bullseye in the middle and all the rings that come out. Almost like the rings of friendship where you have that inner circle that's at the middle. And then steadily, as you move out ring by ring, you have friends in those levels, right? Mm-hmm. And it all, they all have value and worth, right? And maybe the furthest ring are the friends that you have at work, but you don't necessarily spend time with outside of that, but they bring value and worth and they kind of work their way in. And it's fluid, right? Some people can be in further for a while and then because of circumstances, maybe they move away or maybe life just takes over, you know, they can move out, mm-hmm. new people come in. Of course, when people pass away, they kind of exist in general, right, right. Uh, with, with all of that. And to me, that's what makes it so fascinating. You know, when we talk about uh, romantic love, we're usually focusing on one person at a time <laughs> in most cases, right? Right. And, what, you know, one person at a time. And with family, it's, it's very specific people with specific personalities, and, and that's definable. But friendship is this, is of all the types of love that we talk about, is the most fluid and the most open. And there's so many different ways to experience it. And you're right. I'm not talking about the friendship that's where everybody's a cheerleader. Right. Right. It's easy to support a friend when you're agreeing with whatever it is that they need you to support them on. Right. Right. But then you're also going home and you're saying to your roommate or the Uber driver or your significant other, like, oh, my gosh, seriously, like, why is she even with him? He treats her like blah, 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 blah. blah. And it's like, why are you not having this conversation with your so-called bestie? Right. Exactly. And it's and and so to me, friendship and this was this has only been recently in my life, maybe the last decade or so, where I understood that friendship wasn't about finding people that were always safe and you never felt pushed by and um, you always agreed on everything and you just went out and enjoyed the same things. Those mm-hmm. are really important ingredients. But really the type of friendship that really digs in and takes some chances and, and you know, where friends can hold the mirror up to another one and say, do you, do you hear yourself right now? Mm-hmm. Or yeah, I don't think you're really looking at this clearly. Is it possible that you might be a little too wrapped up in this? You know, th- those types of tough questions. And, uh, the, the the analogy that comes to mind, of course, I'm such a TV kid, right? Everybody listens to this well, show this knows. This is why we're friends, because right. you and I can both just like riff on popular culture. Right. Well, and popular culture from 30 years ago, too, because we're old. But, wow, uh, but yeah, well, you know, I talked about Love Boat two episodes ago. I talked about Fantasy Island last week. Mm-hmm. And this week, I think the best model for me of what I think, or at least how I've seen friendship to be that, at its best, comes from the TV show MASH. 
And everybody who knows me is rolling their eyes right now because I talk about this show all the time. Good show. It's a great show, and it's and it's and it's been in syndication forever. Right? And I've I've seen every episode multiple times. I was watching an episode the other day, and I found myself going, "I wonder if this is the episode where the next thing he says is this." And exactly, it keeps happening over and over again. It's really bad. Wow, that's... really bad. But that show, I think, particularly the two main characters by the towards the latter two thirds of the show, Hawkeye Pierce played by Alan Alda. B.J. Honeycutt, played by Mike Farrell, mm-hmm. they have an amazing friendship that builds over the course of that of that series. And what's amazing about it is not everybody remembers them goofing around, playing pranks, you know, snappy one-liners back and forth. Uh, but if you really watch that show carefully, they they hold each other's feet to the fire all the time. Mm-hmm. And they also have they develop this way of knowing when that person needs a strong word. When they don't, when they need just someone to sit with them, and there's a great episode where, where BJ loses it because Radar's gone home and saw his wife and kid in the airport in San Francisco, and the little girl ran up to him and called him daddy. It was the first time she'd ever said daddy, and it wasn't to him. Mm-hmm. And he loses it, right? And he goes, he just goes on a bender. He actually punches Hawkeye in the face at one point, and later in the show, Hawkeye finds him, and in this real tearful moment. BJ says to him, you know, you know what I did today? I I hit the best friend I ever had. I'm sorry. And he connects with him and tells him what's really bothering him. And then in the last episode of that show, February 28th, 1983, my parents Stop. let me stay up you're late gonna to ma- watch you're it. You're going to make me cry. I'm doing it on purpose. He, the last, the very last scene is just the two of them. And they're standing at the helicopter and the helicopter is going to take Hawkeye away in the last scene. And BJ would, the entire episode would not say goodbye to him. Right, because mm-hmm. he didn't want him to say goodbye, and finally they're standing there, and it's time, and and Hawkeye says to him, "I'm going to miss you," and he's and BJ says, "I'm going to miss you too a lot," and then he says, "I can't imagine what this place would have been like if I hadn't found you here." Mm-hmm. To me, I'm getting clenched. I know I can see it, I, and to me, that is, I mean, if you have a friendship like that, and and I think anybody who's listening can go, "That's I know who that is," right? Or who those people are, right? Well, My, and you're yeah. forgetting the part where he goes away in the helicopter, and what does it say? Goodbye. And it's written in stone. In stone, yeah, yeah. It's that's ooh, that's pretty good. Yeah, I mean, there's a permanence there. Right, right. And and so it, it's this question of you know we, the types of friendships we have. Where I always imagined, you know, off camera when that show was over, you know, when BJ's in San Francisco and Hawkeye's in Crabapple Cove, Maine, which I'm not sure it really exists or not, but nevertheless. When they're in two places, two different places, they'll reconnect every once in a while. And it might be for months. It might be years in between. But when they do, it's like no time went by at all. Went by at all. And that's those lifetime, those lifetime ones. 100%. Yeah. And I, you know, it's interesting that you chose as a model of friendship um, male protagonists because so often people automatically go to like Lucy and Ethel, Right. Right. And they go to like the female because it's like, oh, you know, women and their friendships and they're tight and that kind of thing. But when men and I'm painting with a wide brush here, so apologies to all the people on, Mm. you know, um, but when men really forge a friendship like that, that they're willing to be vulnerable and they're willing to talk about their feelings and have heart. I mean, those are the ones that 
they're so meaningful. I mean, Lucy and Ethel, it was great and everything, but it was all fun. And right. like, how am I going to get away with like spending Ricky's money or, you know, Fred's a tightwad and commiserating and those kinds of mm. things. But like really letting down your hair and letting that person in and see not just the good and the bad, but the ugly. Right. And to and to grow together. Right. And in that sense, you know, the definition of love and friendship is not all that different, I think, from what I mentioned last week, with romantic love, where it's two people helping the other person grow spiritually. Mm-hmm. Right. And grow in, in their awareness of themselves and of others. And and you're right. I think you're generally right. I think men, you know, my own experience, I should say, men developing friendships like that can be rare. I've been fortunate that in the last 10 years or so, through my own recovery experience, I really learned how to have those types of friendships intentionally with the male friends in my life. The ones that I had before that, that where we could really dig in deep and be vulnerable, kind of happened by accident, right? I didn't really know what I was doing with those things. But I think that, you know... But you did. Well, yes, to to a certain degree. And As your companion, <laughs> I have to show you. See, here we are. Because... You did. You you have always been that sensitive person that knew that you needed more and felt bullied because you were willing to go there. Mm. You were willing to write a poem. You were willing to like, yeah, you got bullied and whatever. But, you know, meanwhile, I'm like, you're going to write a book of like a collection of haikus, right? Um, <laughs> and you you didn't know what you were doing, but you knew intrinsically what you needed. That's true. That's true. And I think, and I appreciate that. I think what I'm talking about is just, just the awareness that that was a thing, right? That, that, you know, instead of it feeling like wondering how did all this happen and being able to understand that I had ways that I could cultivate those things. It took, it, it entails me taking risks. It entails me kind of stepping out and seeing how somebody responds to that. Uh, But in that sense, that's why I love that show so much, right? Because, because of that. And it's one of the it's one of the best things my parents ever did for me is they let me stay up every Monday late to watch that show even before the the, the final episode because mm-hmm. uh, I think in part is they wanted me to watch something that that talked about war and I was really interested in military stuff at the time sure. wanted me to watch something that talked about the human cost of that but interestingly enough they introduced me to a show that really emphasized particularly in its final few seasons human relationships, right, and human vulnerabilities and things like that. So, uh, yeah, well, th- this is fun. This is exactly what I was hoping, you know, would happen by having a friend on the show who talk a little bit about it. Uh, let's go ahead and take uh, a short break, and we can hear a little bit about Stacy Heller, the producer and sponsor of this show is all about you. And when we come back, uh, we'll talk about, we'll tell a couple of little stories that I think uh, might be effectively helpful for everyone. We'll be right back. Join us. Stacey Heller is many things, entertaining yet enlightening. She's a talk show host channeling her inner Fallon. Like Winston Wolf, she's a fixer who gets things done with style. Practical, like Dr. Ruth, Stacy isn't afraid of the uncomfortable when searching for answers. She's your biggest fan and sees your potential before you do. Most of all, Stacy Heller is a synapse who can connect impulses and ideas about your business and yourself into possibility. To connect with Stacy, go to StacyConnects.com. Stacy Connects, it's her superpower. 
Alternative Talk 1150, here to uplift your day. All right, welcome back to this show is all about you. I'm your host, JDK Winnikin. Joining me uh, is my good friend, Stacy Heller, and we're talking about... Wait, wait, uh, before we talk. What? The ad that just played yeah. is in part because of your influence. Oh. The Winston Wolf reference, the talk show host, the Dr. Ruth. Yeah, of course, all back to pop culture. I know, totally. <laughs> but I just, you know, kudos to you. Like, oh, I mean, well, thank you. Right? Thank so, you, right. It's, it's, that, it's that exchange. It's an exchange. It's a two-way street. That exchange. Well, I appreciate that. And and uh, and it, it was very true about you, all those things. And I appreciate you sponsoring the show the way you do. And so what I wanted to talk about on the other end of the break was... You know, words, it's interesting. I deal in them all the time, right? I speak on this show every week. I write content for my website, wordsbyjdk.com. Every Sunday, there's something new, long form. And I've written a novel that I'm trying to get published. I work in words a lot. And yet, so much of what we're talking about, particularly when it comes to friendship, right? Words don't ever fully describe it, can't ever fully capture it. And maybe that's true about love in general. Uh, but I was reading some quotes the other day, and one of my favorite writers, Anthony DeMello, um, said that stories, the stories that we develop together as people, are the best ways to illustrate the truth. Right? And so i was been thinking about these stories of friendship, and I had one this week. Last week I mentioned uh, on, the, on the air, I kind of gave a summary of The Rose Still Stands, a, sto- a short story that I wrote about romantic love. And I actually ended up publishing that on my website yesterday for people to read, wordsbyjdk.com. You can go and check that out. But after the show last week, uh, my really good friend Julia down in Oregon sent me a book. And it's a book she's been bugging me to read for years. And uh, I haven't. And it's one that a lot of people have read. It's The Little Prince, Antoine de Saint-Exupéry is written by him. He was a... Ooh la la. Yeah, he was, uh, he was a French uh, aviator as well as philosopher and, and many other things, and he died during the war. But he wrote this book called The Little Prince, and there's so much in it, I've realized as I read it, not just in common with the story that I'd shared last week, but about friendship. First of all, it's sent to me by this dear friend who was paying attention to the show and paying knows the story and sent me this. It's also my good friend saying, will you just read the book already? I've been bugging you about it for years, so here's a copy. You have no excuse now. So that's a good thing that friends do. Mm-hmm. And, and then, of course, um, I found things in it that I'm not sure uh, she would have thought I would have found. But uh, there's some great stuff in here about friendship. And, and in this, the little prince comes from the small little planet, and he comes down to Earth, and he's traveling around, and he meets a fox, just a, this little fox, and the fox is wild. And the fox says, will you please tame me? You know, and he says, why do you want me to tame you? He says, well, because then, then I wouldn't just be any other fox. Because if there's all these other foxes around, you would see all these other foxes. And you wouldn't mean much to me, and I wouldn't mean much to you. But if you tame me, then we would be friends, and we would need each other. And then, so he does tame him. But then he also says, um, and always remember, we are responsible for what we tame. Right? And mm. And, and tame isn't necessarily the best word here. I mean, I th- and, you know, when it comes to friendship. But I like that example. And then later on, he goes and he sees all this big, huge field of flowers. And I think this is the reason why Julia sent me the book, because it was about, about the flowers. Mm-hmm. And he sees all these flowers. And there's this flower back on his planet that he loves and he takes care of. Uh, but he's kind of feeling down about it. And when he meets all these other flowers, right, he 
kind of has the same opinions. Like there, there's so many, they're not the same as my flower, blah, 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 blah. And, but he learns from his experience with the fox that the best way for him to appreciate these thousands of flowers and their unique beauty is for him to get to know one. Right? And so I, I've been thinking about this, that, you know, what's, what's the way for us to find more compassion, more connection with humanity in general, which we all seem to sorely need and want these days? Um, could it be that the more we connect authentically and deeper with the friends that we have, it can give us more compassion, more empathy, more patience, more grace for more people in general. Um, I don't know what comes up for you with that, but I, I, I think stories like that are super powerful around that. Are there stories that you have about friendship that you think illustrate what friendship is really about? Oh, yeah. I mean, I think about, um, so last week on my show that I do here on KKNW, I had uh, a friend from high school on, Raquel. And what was really interesting is that the two of us, we only went to school together for two years. Maybe it was one. I don't know. But it was it was that person that you had, you know, she talked a lot about that um, energy that we shared. And what's interesting is after the show, we shared it with a lot of people on Facebook, me tagging her, her tagging me, you know, power Facebook. And suddenly there is then a surge of all these people that want to get together and reconnect from that time. And... And it was just having a connection and and exploring that connection. And I think about the people that have really made an impact in terms of friendships. And they're not necessarily the ones that I palled around the most with. Mm-hmm. They're the ones where there really was just something that I felt like they saw me mm-hmm. and they appreciated it. And they liked me anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't it interesting how that happens, that, that some friendships rely on and, and thrive on the daily communication, daily connection, and then other ones are the exact opposite. Not only do you not necessarily need to be in contact all the time, but it's actually sometimes best that you have two independent people grow and then you reconnect on the other side. And it's amazing to me how sometimes how those types of people can somehow land back in your life right when you need them. Right? Oh, yeah. Just, no coincidences there. You know, yeah, message out of the blue or, you know, just some, you know, uh, something that goes on, some reminder, something on Facebook, that type of thing. You know, and, and those things over time, it's one of the things I love about, about friendship is whatever the type of it is, uh, particularly the ones that are lifelong, they go even beyond that. You know, and I think of, of my friend Matt, a good friend of mine who passed away suddenly back in 2014. And, and uh, he was a, a giant man in every way. And uh, his, his widow, Sarah, is, is now one of my best friends also. And a few years ago, you know, he had a lot of ashes. He was a big guy, and so there were a lot of ashes. And she wanted to send his ashes anywhere in the world where people would be willing to take him, right? Mm-hmm. So he'd literally be just about anywhere. And, uh, but before we started that, we hatched this idea for she and I and our uh, really good friends Seth and Evan, who were also really close friends with Matt from our old camp counselor days, to travel around in all our old haunts in Southern California, Arizona, and elsewhere in the ones with where he and Sarah went. And we put his ashes everywhere. And what was remarkable to me about that experience was we would go from spot to spot. We would remember it. One was like a, one was the camp that we used to work at. Another one was a ballpark that the four of us had gone to at one point. Um, other places were his favorite restaurants in places like Yuma or Tucson, Arizona. We mm-hmm. would go. These were all places we knew. 
And what I remember is how little we actually said when we'd be at those spots and we would put his ashes in the We developed this own little ritual of who did what, and there was no, no conversation about it, and it just kind of happened. And then in between, we told stories. Mm-hmm. You know, we, you know, and there were many stories that Sarah had not heard of our insanity before they had met. <laughs> and so we told those. And the lightness of that, right, the humor, the joy of that, over time, right, and that's one of the great things about friendships in general, right? They don't, they, they sometimes thrive on the lightness, right? All the fun times, all the things that you tell stories about years and years later are like money in the bank that you can put in, that you can draw from when you have to have the really tough conversations, right? Mm-hmm. When you have a friend who wants to say, you know what, you have your head, you know where, I need to get it out of there. Or tougher ones, and it allows for that, right? It puts all that in, in the account. And so for me, stories like that, that then, of course, for anybody listening, trigger the own stories that you have, that you remember. Sometimes I think go a lot further than just trying for me sitting here or anybody else to say this is what it is or this is what it's not. This is how it connects. This is how it doesn't. And there's so many different ways around that, right? So now it's interesting because you and I are kind of reason, season, to be determined. I get, Yeah, I mean, I guess so. Yeah. But, you know, I... I but you don't really think about it, right? You don't really worry about it. No. No. Yeah. And and there's ebbs and flows and you just kind of go with it. And, mm-hmm. you know, I just, as you're talking about those connections, I'm thinking about how when you have those friendships with people, like I think about my friend Liliana. I don't talk to her all the time, but when we talk, it's like no time has passed. And um, the connection that we have, it's a way to keep people alive and relevant. Mm-hmm. And the connections that you make. So when you talk about sharing stories, you know, they say people die twice, right? Um, Once the last time that someone ever says their name. So Mm -hmm. keeping them alive and sharing those stories, it's a powerful thing. Absolutely. And and then, of course, you know, one of the biggest gifts that friends can provide is just even in those times where there's not connecting, there's, there's not talking or there's just not anything going on. In those dark times that we all have. To know that they are there, even if you don't reach out, to know that you're loved, to know that you're known. Those are the things that oftentimes, at least for me, kind of keep me going, you know, to the next step that day, to the day after. It goes back to your haiku. Exactly. You're a companion. Exactly. Well, we could talk about this forever, but we are out of time uh, for today. So thank you for uh, joining Stacy and I. Stacy, thank you for coming. Of course. My pleasure. Thanks for, uh, and to all of you out there for joining us on This Show is All About You. And until next week, chins up, everyone.